Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Wealthy kids, black kids. I'm not going to get into what I know or what I don't know. Here's what I know. Welcome to the latest episode of The Lever. Uh, I'm your host, Luke. I have with me in the studio slash lounge room, uh, the wonderful co-host, Melanie, who you all love. Hi. <laughs> and the person you will now love, Layla. Hello. How are you both? Uh, well, wonderful. Thank you. Um, all things considered. Uh, Melanie. Yeah, I'm really well. Thanks, Luke. And yourself? Very good. I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Um, of course, we'll acknowledge before we start that we're recording this on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri, Boomerang and Woiwurrung people. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land and yeah, acknowledge that sovereignty is never ceded and uh, pay respects to elders, past, present and emerging and families from those communities um, or other First Nations folk who are currently with us here uh, in Melbourne. Oh, do you want to add anything to our acknowledgement? You want to add a personal um, reflection or observation or something you've been thinking about? Yeah, I mean, particularly timely at the moment, um, the dark revelations of uh, what's been going on with blacks in custody um, in this land called Australia for quite a while now. Um, so I know that that is, yeah, is definitely clouded the past few days for many of my Indigenous friends mm. um, and also in this renewed lockdown, this being made to stay put, maybe not go back to one's own land. Um, so I'd just like to say that I really speak on this from a position of privilege being, um, yeah, not uh, being safe and um despite the fact that lockdown sucks, <laughs> mm. just feeling very safe and secure um, in the lockdown at the moment this time around. So, mm. yeah, I appreciate it. I'm very grateful for that and mm. thinking about others a lot. Yeah, great. Melanie, anything to add? No, I think you do a, a beautiful acknowledgement. If I talk long yeah. enough, there's no need for anyone else to talk. I just say yeah. all the things... <laughs> Take up all, take all the oxygen out of the room. Mm -hmm. No, um, I, I have a, I do have a, like I, we'll probably come around and talk about this in a couple of different ways. How, because this, this episode is going to be kind of like how we're going into like lockdown version two point oh, how mm -hmm. it feels different to last time. Just sort of checking in, maybe sharing some like hopeful experiences and things that are bringing us hope and joy mm -hmm. in in hard times. Is that sort of where we're at? Who wants to sort of amend the the agenda for today? Absolutely. I think that that is what we wanted to explore today and unpack mostly. 
Um, yeah, and coming at that from a sense of having done a lockdown before, <laughs> yeah. so having a trial run and um, yeah, just uh, how this experience maybe is different. We might look back and be like, remember the time, remember back to the good old days when we thought there'd only be the two lockdowns? Yeah, like, exactly. Let's hope. Two years on and we're still locked down. Listen to, cranky, <laughs> listen to cranky Uncle Dan Andrews tell us how we need to sort our shit out or we'll be stuck in this mess for years. Yes. Um, well, I, was, I always like to have, I always try and often fail to build on something that I'm currently thinking about, like a, a sort of acknowledgement of country. And one thing I think like Rio Tinto, um, blowing up the rock shelter, um, mm. you know, spiritual site, um, heritage site, that that's like there's a lot of um, the, the usual suspects like pulling their moves now. Ho- like they can see that the ABC coverage is like wall-to-wall COVID stories, like mm. mainly designed to freak out my mum. Yes. And, and that Rio Tinto blowing shit up will just – it's a perfect time to like slide in some very uncomfortable I wonder stuff. how widespread it is known about actually. I mean, I'm, I'm really, it's really common knowledge amongst my friendship group, but if we're thinking in widely in, mm. in the bubble, yeah, uh, if we're thinking widely in Australia, I mean, how many people actually know that that happened during Reconciliation Week? Oh, well? yeah, so devastating. Well, and that, and that Rio Tinto tried to pride themselves for being very strong on mm. corporate social responsibility and mm-hmm. and reconciliation type activities, which is just like makes me it's so just, livid beyond words. Yeah, incomprehensible really, isn't it? Mind mm. boggles. Well, Carla Walquist from The Guardian reported that um, the in a, a staff meeting the company was apologising specifically for the distress caused, mm. not for the destruction in the first place, not for the action right. itself. But, but yes, we acknowledge this caused distress. So okay. sorry about that distress that you're feeling. So mm. love these, mm. which again, you know, narcissists. Are like, oh, well, narcissists sorry, do if, that, the, sorry you they? felt that way. Apology. Exactly. Classic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I thought it was um, a small ray of sunshine that reconciliation um, Australia actually sort of booted out Rio Tinto from their um, partnership Mm. cohort. Mm. So uh, Rio Tinto has a reconciliation action plan, a wrap, and on the basis of failing to um, adhere to its own principles, Mm -hmm. they were um, extricated from reconciliation Australia. So wow. What, what are the consequences great. other than them not being able to partake in the reconciliation? Well, like, that's that's right. I mean, no these, sanctions or there's no sanctions, but I mean, in in this sort of enlightened mm. um, space of, I would say, like a movement building towards social yes. justice and greater recognition of indigenous rights, yeah. and and the prominence that that has, particularly in mining. Uh, engineering kind mm-hmm. of an extraction mm-hmm. firms and whatever, yeah. From a CSR perspective, to not have a wrap to be, and, yeah. and if you look at it from a attracting the best and brightest minds and the workforce of the future, well, we know that millennials are compelled to seek employment in places that mm. are aligned with yes. their own values. Yeah. And Rio Hopefully Tinto, it them in these cultural ways. Rio Tinto will always be known as the country that blew up the site that was 46,000 years old. Mm. But interestingly, 
BHP came out shortly after that to say that they had halted blowing up 40 sites of cultural significance Mm. off the back of that. And really Mm. that puts the whole thing into perspective because Mm. it's like, uh, hang on a second, why were you blowing up an additional 40 sites? And Reconciliation Australia, what are you doing about that? But I think you raise a really important point as well at the beginning, Luke, um, in terms of media coverage and that uh, the news is so saturated at the moment with the scaremongering that... Perfect time to do your shit. It's a perfect time. But also... People dragging bodies around the city looking for a place to put them. It's a perfect time for that What about everybody's outrage about Notre Dame, which wasn't even blown up? Mm. on fire and um, everybody feeling like a personal part of their heritage had been lost or Mm. whatever Um, when things like that happen and also what happened in Iraq where they just vacated the troops just let the ancient Babylonian sites Mm. and ancient Mesopotamian sites just get ransacked it's just like there's no apology there's no coverage often and there's no global awareness Mm. of these things happening so yeah, it just the coverage problem. The media, the media not doing its job, is mm. to me the thing that breaks the democratic contract because it's yes. the thing that mm. interrupts any kind of accountability. Like mm-hmm. it, because it just stops people knowing and sort of having a choice to mm-hmm. care and having a choice to whether right. they would feel saturated. Um, that's the biggest problem. I think there was just enough media for it to get to go global. I know that mm. there was an outcry from overseas investors and shareholders Good. and UNESCO chair. Um, but I think what you're speaking to around um, the outcry when something like Notre Dame Notre has Dame, burnt down, exactly. yes, there was an outcry. It was considerably delayed and mm-hmm. actually it took a number of weeks before there was a protest and right. before reconciliation and Australia acted but I think that speaks to our disconnect with our Indigenous he- yes. heritage. Yeah. Mm. Why wasn't everyone quickly, mm. you know, quick part to of respond? The, part of the response is like, whoa, whoa, don't worry. We've always been blowing up sacred Aboriginal oh, sites. Mm. Goodness. Right? So, oh, oh, oh okay. Sure. So that's designed to sort of kind of numb, numb you to the pain. Well, you know, we need to consider mm. the effect on the economy. Right. Like we Short can't, term. Bloody slow down progress. Yeah. Mm. Well, in, in relation to that BHP plan, like they might have announced that they're halting at Layla, but they, um, the WA minister consented for those sites to all be destroyed. Really? You know, and that was just three days after. And did that go under the radar a little bit because of the state of emergency with COVID and everything? Um, like I, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that. I yeah. think it's business as usual for these right. major, you know. But tell me the minister didn't say now's the time. Because this big, this mm. big and headline. And did they consult like just, with the local? There's only so many things that can be in the top. About well, doing with that? Rio Tinto, um, there was apparently a misunderstanding. Although, of course, the um, the native ta- uh, the uh, TOs said yes. no. We've been in discussion about this site for like 15 years, wow. and they were they, they were on the precipice of some uh, celebrations to do with mm. reconciliation oh, week. Um, so no, there was no misunderstanding. Yeah, but but there's this there seems to be this um, tension because there's a particular there there apparently is an outlet for. Um, 
for traditional owners to object or to reply or whatever. And so it's, it is said that, you know, they didn't do that. And so this thing went ahead Mm -hmm. in in full acknowledgement, but I just question, well, why didn't they do that? what was the process like? Mm. What information did they have? Yeah. Um, yeah. What were the communication yeah. pathways? Absolutely. What were the time frames? It's so important to ask those qualitative questions in situations like that and not take the first response you get because mm. there's all these Absolutely. crafty ways of, well, we'll just consult some people who have a really loose tie of the land who've never been to the land yes. um, to sort of sort of make them a representative group. Mm-hmm. To say, yeah, mm-hmm. we had people from mm-hmm. who kind of will pay them some money, like the minimum amount possible. And of course, whenever you've got these like um, contested claims, you know, you've you've always got like. So I, I learned a lot about this recently. I filmed the um, activism at the margins conference for RMIT earlier in the year, mm-hmm. and there's a couple of I'll put the links in there um, in the uh, in the description for this episode. But Adrian Baragaba, who like represents the group um, defending the Adani. Um, like the land that Adani wants to use. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he sort of described this process where there's this sort of group pulled out of nowhere, none of whom were on the land, none of whom have ever mm-hmm. been to the land, who want to say, oh, no, well, it seemed reasonable to us, but they just don't have a connection to the land. They're like technically yes. connected through sort of lineage, but they're not on the land and they're, they're not. Um, right. They're, they're sort of not authorized. So it's again mm-hmm. about. You know, colonial society learning to dehomogenize um, yes, indigenous voices and experiences, yeah. and sort of ask those important follow-up questions, Melanie, about about well, actually, who did you consult again? Hang on, what did they say again? Absolutely, what did they get for that? Um, you know, that's the yeah. that's the devil's always in the detail. I mean, mm. point blank, we shouldn't really be blowing up any land, particularly not oh, yeah. because it is indigenous Short-term land, it is extraction. stolen land. We shouldn't be blowing mm. up the land. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you put a climate change lens on that yes exactly yeah we shouldn't be in extractives no full stop yeah just lunacy isn't it yeah terrible keep it in the ground i'm trying to come up with a joke around keep it in the ground but i can't oh there's a great little adani um the anti-adani campaign had a great little chant what um, was it oh it's, remember it? did she do it too yeah oh she may not hear they have a chant that's um do keep you remember it, the keep adani it, chant do you remember the Adani chant? It's something like ho ho, dun dun. Ho oh, hey, hey hey. You know, keep it in the ground. It's time to get with it. Hey hey. Can you remember? Ho that? ho. <laughs> Cole has got to go. I can't remember it Yo. exactly, but Adani yeah. Adventure. What's it? What's the one that you know? Oh yeah, stop for Dani, stop, stop for Dani. Oh, that's, that's really fun. That's right that's there. Fun. You got it. I think like modernizing that sort of call and response stuff in like uh, act, you know rallies and stuff is like so important. I had one for uh, when um, when we were protesting, someone had died. I think they'd had the attacks in Papua New Guinea where they oh, like the local forces yes, like yes, sort yes. of opened up the local community to come and to come and sort of attack and kill um, asylum seekers there. And I, my own, I thought that proceedings were like going quite boringly yeah. and not very inspiringly considering how epic the thing was. So I came up with a rally on the spot and got a few people involved. It was, Australia, don't be a racist cunt. Tree, Australia, <laughs> don't be a racist cunt. Tree. Oh. 
And that went right. quite well. I thought it stood up on a box for a bit and stuff. It was good. Yeah. I remember the uh, last year, October, is where really I felt the landslide start was when uh, Turkey invaded Rojava and Trump pulled the troops out of Syria and, and nobody cared, including the global media. They didn't mm. care. It wasn't covered. Um, but yeah, I remember the chant from that was Erdogan is child killer. <laughs> because yeah. obviously the people uh, running it as, uh, well, I'm Kurdish too, but I don't speak as fluent as, as they do. But yeah, it was just very, um, yeah, down, down Erdogan and just very, very uh, polemical and revolutionary. And mm. it was great fun. But yeah, a rousing chant can definitely be. Powerful content. It's hard to come back on that and go, yeah, sh- sure, child killer, <laughs> but, but also like gets his taxes in on time yeah. and, you know, lets oh the neighbours use the pool and exactly. stuff. So, <laughs> sure, you child know, killer. sure. See, we need some more straight talking like that in, yeah. uh, with Rio Tinto, you know. Mm. Cutting Culture through. Culture blaster or something. Mm. My years of work. I don't, actually, I don't know if this is not know that like Melanie and I are originally colleagues uh, working on a bunch of campaigns and we're always like we've got all this information and yeah. all these great voices and people and, and it's like trying to find the message that will cut through and cutting through mm. is always that thing that will pierce people's yes. like, oh, whataboutism and stuff and, yeah, and yeah. people chipping away at your argument. Like some when something cuts through, it just mm. delivers something powerful that sort of is unrebukable. Yes. Well, yeah. wasn't that, you know, the, the birthplace of the story of self? So mm. when you're telling your story from your place of, personal experience and integrity it, there there is no, nothing to that anyone can hook into because that's your How personal they, narrative yes, yes, yes. absolutely you know so you don't tell them anything about you but you speak very personally about well this is my story and i'm doing this because and mm. blah 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 it's hard to it's it's in uh, what's the word it makes it universal somehow. You have to dismiss the mm. whole person to dismiss mm. the argument when you yes. imp- imbue it with, with yourself and your kind of cause and everything you value, right? Mm. Is that yeah. identity politics or? Um, I think it would be interesting to see if it goes there. It's, it's really like a persuasion strategy of mm. like talking about the self, right. getting you to talk about yourself. Yes. And now knowing that we talk, we tell the story of us. And now knowing the shared story that we have, mm. those elements, because of course everything doesn't have to go together. But no. now given the things that do go together, now that we've shared our stories, mm-hmm. now we have a story of now about like the action, like what are we going to mm. do about that what do we do now, now that we've uncovered yeah. this connection between us? It's a strategy of the progressives and arguably progressives are often labelled as, you yeah. know, identity politicians mm-hmm. or whatever so maybe mm. inadvertently it goes but it's together like that i think we learned about that when i was doing my undergrad in human geography that your positionality is always very important it's mm. important that you acknowledge your positionality for ethical reasons as well as anything else mm. when you're doing research yeah um so yeah i think you have to problematize that and you have to recognize where you come from in terms of your own position mm. on any of these issues. The weird thing is we learned that like that stuff was sort of e- exported from like the Obama campaign, which mm. at the time seemed very progressive and hopeful. Mm. Yeah. But you look back at what Obama did and didn't do and it's almost like we're being invited to share the, you know, we are all Wall Street, you know, mm. when you look at how 
like he really did so many backflips to protect um, so you know, financial. I'd really love to unpack that. And this doesn't have to be part of the podcast. I just want to ask you because I know you're very knowledgeable about politics. But when I got um, a little bit high recently, <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> stop asking, why was Obama drone bomber? Why mm. did he not close Guantanamo Bay? Why did mm. he not make all mm. of those things that he seemed to truly believe mm. in? And really, I mean, crying when he heard about a, a high school shooting and mm. there was just so much, I guess, authenticity mm. in in what he said when he t- spoke about these issues. So mm. was there some sort of underground lobby or cartel that was stopping him from making those mm sweeping changes in the USA or was it that he was always he always knew that he was allied in a different way or mm. is it that classic Oops. thing like that labor does where they go Oh, We'd my personal to, opinion yeah. is that I am for yeah. marriage equality. When I like sit down I to am. talk with my daughters at the <laughs> dinner table, which right. I'm at 11.30 p.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the accent. But in reality, your personal opinion means nothing because the party mm. machine has a mm. different line. Yes, is yes. it that? Yeah. Did he have the support of his yeah. his party and also the way like Parliament was stacked or well, Congress was stacked? And he inherited called? the war in Iraq, obviously, which wasn't. It's hard for us Idea. dummies, but I mean, he went from like one war to seven, right? Like, right. he started so many wars. <laughs> they just went yes. in again and again, right? But was it him? But reframed, yeah. It was him, yeah, the was, individual. You know, like, his wife's been surely no. <laughs> but see, it's hard. You can't do a direct comparison. So I shouldn't, right. I'm not, and I'm definitely not speaking from a position of authority, just a dude who probably watches too much. That's, right. that's what we wanted. No, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not, you know, out there, like, please write into the leave podcast at gmail.com and tell us how it is. Uh, <laughs> and I will read, read out your, you know, scree in the next episode. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it, you can't do that direct comparison because like the presidential office yes. like, has these powers that, you know, that doesn't equate to like mm. New Zealand and, mm. and Australian politics. Like it just doesn't. So in terms of party support and stuff, it's not the same. But I think one of the main things that stands out with Obama, I mean, he was the, he was the corporate donation record breaker of, you right. know, for any party anytime. Interesting. Okay. So, so he had campaign? the people who made or- him. Yeah, yeah, the people who made it. There really always was a disjunction. And I remember reading about that in Time magazine, not a progressive outlet, um, Mm. you know, before he was elected um, about this Ah. disjunction, potential disjunction between who's funding him and then the sort of the hopeful progressive message. So, you know, know, was it Martin Luther King? Common knowledge? Because I don't think. People believe what they kind of want to believe. Absolutely. yeah, I, I think I think we get drawn to like charismatic figureheads, um, you know, and there's a, there's always like a, a, a political hard-headed calculus going on you know, about, about how to pitch yourself versus the the material reality of how you mm. got to be in the spotlight, mm. you know, and um, you can say the same in like Nancy Pelosi mm. and um, Joe Biden and you know yeah. a bunch of those sort of characters um, and a bunch of like union, you know, people who rise to the top of like union mm-hmm. support. If you want to be like a real old school Labor supporter and like Oh look, they've got these negative gearing reforms. Look, this is—we're really getting back some old school, authentic labour. You've got to look at like the power mechanisms that mm-hmm. led to those reps being at the front of the, the front of the group there, pushed ahead the as candidates and yeah. stuff. So, but I think with Obama in that case, um, to answer your question, Layla, there's there was they had two years where they could have done whatever they wanted, mm. and then they lost um, they lost the house. Right. In the midterm. Mm, so, you know, the American right. politics is organized that halfway through the presidential term, you get um, 
you get the midterm elections and that they end up being um, uh, a, a counterforce of power so that if there's right. some unchecked stuff going on, it can be checked back. And they're actually the ones making the laws. So so you've got... Um, so he lost all of that ability on Guantanamo Bay and everything by that Yeah, midterm. yeah. So yeah, he didn't do enough. So, but I think, I mean, I remember reading about Guantanamo. I was pretty invested in, and mm. he really did try a bunch of things to close it and, right. and did need partnerships that he couldn't get about where where they were going to put those people and mm. now it's like well if they weren't jay had us before they sure as hell got a gripe mm. now like they've definitely oh, got gosh. a bunch to pick now right like after all that years but of is it is it any worse i mean uh, the torture was just horrendous but the uh confinement detention of refugees and asylum seekers who literally have done nothing over here mm-hmm. and there are just really no politicians vouching for them whatsoever Aside really the they dreams. tend to retire in, they get in, tired in Australia. and retire. Yeah. yeah and i just can't understand why there's such a furore there was about guantanamo bay but it's just so not really part it's of because anybody's Australia is really here. racist. Yeah, like the majority mm. but is so really is racist. Mm. Yeah. Settler white settler communities like that tend to be, but it's just yeah incomprehensible to me that that's not mm. more common knowledge a and b that it's not more invested in in terms of political agendas mm. of the left. Well, we I was part of a direct action movement where we ran a people's parliament in the. Um, in, in Canberra in Parliament House in the foyer yeah. um, where we ran our own parliament while the Paris climate talks were going on and all these politicians sort of got wind of what was happening and came out to participate or watch or whatever. And I remember she's retired now but Melissa Park, who's really like Labor left and someone I had a bit of hope invested in, she sort of came up to and whispered like the left of Labor is with you, you know, and whispered oh, the it. left of Labor. Right, right. Yeah. So, again, like automatically very... Um, it's, it's a sort of a metonym of the thing itself, right? Yes. Like it's a, it's, a, it's a feather of a bird, right? So it doesn't say the whole story, but it's evocative. And that, that to me said so much because she had to whisper it out the side of her mouth and, yeah. you know, she, she is a staunch person but she's got party identity, like party identity and affiliation there. Mm. Whereas like, you know, police started removing this like wedge of the circle of people and there were hundreds of people so it took mm. them a long time. So gradually you had this very sad, moving and powerful oh. thing happening of this yeah. people's parliament being removed like one by one. I was happy that being a massive unit that I am mm. took four police. <laughs> so four police to take me out. And of course, you go limp and make yourself as heavy as possible. Yeah. So four police taking me out meant that's like they could have taken two other people out in that time. Yes. Right? So um, you look at Melissa Park's action to whisper that support. Yes. Scott Ludlam came and sat down where people were being taken and then it became a very a big power move of police removing everyone around him but not mm. removing him oh, and it became this amazing sort of meta statement mm-hmm. um, about force and mm-hmm. authorization and who's meant to be where and stuff because mm-hmm. of course like i mean can you he was like i dare you to take me out mm. i dare you to take me an elected representative out of parliament house wow. by force carry me out what please do carry me out amazing so like to me like what Scott Ludlam felt able to. I mean, Scott Ludlam, to me, he it's actually. like throwing sh- yourself in front of the king's horse, really, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it really is. Like, I mean, he showed him, he showed up the other Greens colleagues who were sort of standing there and didn't really know what to do, yes. which is just kind of a failure of imagination. Wow. So yeah. I didn't really give the Greens too much credit mm. because they're not taking real risks with their officers mm-hmm. to really say this issue matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yes, yes, our spokesperson will make the appropriate comments at the appropriate yeah, time. Yeah, it's all But I want them to do the inappropriate comments at the With inappropriate time. Yes. 
the line. To really and really and risk changed. something. I mean, and Scott Ludlum, like he wasn't going to get run over by a horse. Like he was going to be carried out very yes. gently by police. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, so I mean, none of us were harmed in being carried out. By, you know, Absolutely. Like, like just to risk something, mm-hmm. please, mm-hmm. for this issue that we mm-hmm. say is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's a massive. It's partly authenticity, yeah. but it's also imagination failure. I think you're right. Mm. Yeah, I think what the think? yeah the walls that people put up in their mind, I suppose, and um, the fear that they yes, have of the of possible, right? the possible, mm. yeah, the possible consequences. But actually, it's really interesting to talk about that level of embodied activism at the moment, because a lot of people, of course, are put off doing any kind of protests, even when we came out of lockdown, because of COVID-19 mm. and I think it's been an intensely frustrating time and, and a sad time for people who are true revolutionaries or um, who really wish to create positive change in the community mm. because they feel so, yeah, alone and yes. wanting to it's do been that. atomizing. Very, very much so, yeah. And, and after the Black Lives, the BLM protest in Melbourne, mm. like the attendees of which I was one, um, were absolutely trounced in the media mm. and yes. segments Despite of society. Yeah. Well, exactly. And I had Cases. the question asked of me, uh, you know, was I there and and to be um, held accountable for my actions? And I was looking at this person saying this to me and I was thinking, yeah, you've been at a shopping mall without your mask mm. on, mm. without social distancing, mm. without people squirting hand sanitizer in your hands every mm. five Five meters. Yes. Um, please don't talk to me about gathering in public spaces and and creating some sort of risk, mm. uh, particularly when it's brought to you by Woolworths. Particularly <laughs> when it's an issue of, of significant, you know, importance. It is like far greater than right? it, it, mm-hmm. it is like it has become a cop out for kind of soft activists or people who, like I say, armchair activists or the outrage type of activists. Or for people wanting to mount an argument about just who just don't feel good about protests. Like (laughs) you are stopping me getting from A to B kind of. Ah, yeah, that too. There is that too. But, um, but and, I mean, my mum always said you should never waste a crisis and excuse me, but isn't this a crisis? Isn't this the exact mom, time? Right? Yeah, she's great. Uh, kind of reformed psychiatrist now just a lot more into um, holistic. An exodus. Yeah. But I just think, yeah, isn't now a crisis and isn't now a time where I've heard this bandied about everywhere. We're all in this together and the disease is indiscriminate and all this kind of malarkey. Well, excuse me, it's not indiscriminate. The disease might be indiscriminate, but the wherewithal to be able to recover or to not lose a job or whatever is not Mm. indiscriminate. No, indeed. I've lost a little bit of hope lately in that people are very gesturally outraged. Like mm. on my Instagram today, I had something that said uh, it was like um, a Netflix kind of style. Are you still watching Black Lives Matter or should we turn it off? You know, just mm. the idea that everybody's forgotten. It's two weeks ago or three weeks ago or whatever yeah. and there's that. Um, the it's amnesiac less media Yeah, cycles, right? yeah, it's, mm. it is. It's the attention economy. It's the way the media is structured now. It's the way that um, white guilt, I suppose, just works mm. as well. And I just feel that it's a bit disappointing, mm. I suppose, that people don't feel more yeah. like they should be. I'm not saying going on the streets 
because you actually literally can't, but just should be doing more mutual aid and more things in the community that are direct action. Well, if your direct action was at 3 a.m. with a pair of bolt cutters and a mask and stuff, (laughs) you'd you'd definitely be socially isolating in your little gorilla band, right? I mean, if you did it with your housemates, you know, you wouldn't Mm, get fined. Absolutely. You know, it's... uh, in episode one of, of this season of The Lever, Nick and I talked, uh, we talked mainly about the arts and talked about the, the lockdown and stuff via the arts. Yes. But we we talked about we talked about heterodoxy, which is to say, you know, the crisis causing people to, um, causing policymakers and leaders to consider options they never had before, which is to say a bunch of right-wing governments mm. in the Anglosphere at least, mm. um, looking at like either one-off or ongoing UBI type payments, mm. you, know, you know, complete complete um you know heel turn like um hero turn from a heel turn mm-hmm. uh, of of like policy yes um but then of course the snapback you know coming back harder and more savage than ever absolutely but the other big concept we talked about was that the crisis was really an unmasking of um tensions and things that were going on before like the crisis in the university oh, and education sector yeah now like you know, capitalism forcing universities into a funding model then gets completely destroyed mm-hmm. by the lack of internationalism that we're now sort of faced with mm. and offshoring so of much supplies. Exposure. And, you know, China yeah. is sending the Anglosphere all of the products needed to combat the virus. It sent us. Strong arming. I mean, yes, yes, yeah. and total strong arming. Absolutely. And, and like, oh, no, we need these products here so you get this many products there. And, and the, But that's a, that's like an American company that contracts Chinese, yes. you know, labor. And, you know, it gets all very messy. So so it's unmasking yes. all these tensions and problems that we yeah. hear. So when you're talking about the effects of like COVID is this universal thing can affect everyone. Yeah. But, but the effects of it and the stresses on your Absolutely. job and who – who who has what kind mm, of um, mm. um, sort of privilege of experience mm. during the crisis? So it's a structural pandemic as much as it is yeah. a, a breakdown and fracturing as much as it is a, a medical pandemic yeah. in many ways. And I think you said the other day something about how the um, the ho- the levels of hopelessness and I suppose almost apathy. Uh, adjust as contagious mm. and it's like emotional worrying. adjustment that people are making. Yeah. It's very sad to see. Absolutely, yeah. I think you're right. Um, because people are so working so hard in their own self preservation, mm. they have to let that other side of them, which is more outreaching and more um, compassionate, you know, they kind of mm. let that slip a little mm. bit. Mm. So I think it's a really interesting um, thing that's going on mm. at the moment. I have not gotten out of bed every day. Of mm. I've Good. Stayed, I wish I couldn't. Um, I've stayed in the to. bunker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's days where, like, oh, I've had to go and do a shift. I've had to do this or that. I had to do a family thing. Yeah. But if I've had a chance, I've been like, just stay in my little cave with my glorious niece bringing That's me food. That's another thing, actually, like, that has been interesting. It's almost become more socially acceptable to be uncool and do things oh, like so stay much. in yeah, and watch so Netflix much. and have a bath. Even in, you know, when lockdown was lifted very briefly. Yes. Um, it felt like, you know, people had become more homebodies and yeah. stuff. And I always found it hard to get, I did find it hard to get people back into dance class, into live really? dance and so on, yeah. because they've become all these little home. Bodies Norm, yeah. knitting and it's like um, next level eating of instant noodles, quaint <laughs> core or shuffle core or something, which oh, is yeah. a good thing, I guess, for introverts and also for people who should relax and chill a bit more, like me. Oh, in, <laughs> should in, be forced to. Introverts so. haven't been this empowered since, like, I know, right? Yeah. Nerds took over the so, world in the early noughties. So true. You know? Hey, what, what do you make of? Where's your 
barometer been with with seeing how people have react responded to you know the idea that you know we're going back into lockdown a second time Melanie well you know we're in the crusty suburb of Brunswick West that's right that was a big deal this is kind of lockdown three for us mm. um you know on one hand I, I I do agree with those comments um earlier about the self-preservation but also I find it, my experience has been that the local community has been, particularly via Facebook mm. and also the street and, and everywhere down yep. at the basketball hoop, um, really generous. Are you allowed to play this time around? I wondered that actually. We that all agree uh, we were, vigorous exercise is We spend too much basketball? time touching but each other's balls. But it's more balls. the sharing the balls. <laughs> yeah, we share each, yeah. each other's balls yeah. way too much it's down getting there. Rude. So that's, that's alive and kicking, is it? Like Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. yeah, it, like it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we shouldn't say this, but we'll bring it back. Um, yeah, I think I there's think been a lot of generosity time. in terms of checking to make sure that people are okay. Um, people who have uh, baked too much, grown too much, procured too much, Aww. redistributing, you know, across mm. the, the Facebook groups, which I know that you're That's involved sweet. in as well, Layla. I think for the first lockdown, it was better though. Was my observation? There was more there's of that in the of, first mm. lockdown, and a then bit the more second fatigue lockdown is more fatigue. Yeah. Are you seeing that? Yeah. Now? Are you seeing that, or are you it's saying it's still popping off? It's still vibrant, but I think you're probably right. Well, it has decreased. Vegan banoffee. Oh bar. yeah, that was so sharing good. is caring. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, round round three for us. Um, round two was hard for me. I really um, went into a spiral, mostly because I checked out actually. So mm. it caught me. It caught me a bit off and, you know, things don't happen in isolation. So it was just a number of things mm. all compounding, a, a really quite a free fall. And then that feeling of like, oh, my God, everybody else is moving on with their life and, you know, r- sort of reclaiming some normal activities mm. and whatever. And we're highly stigmatized and yeah. very much. Dirty Victorian. Yeah. It felt bad, didn't it? It felt, it felt, felt really, really bad. bad. And, and, and then when everyone sort of got locked down, actually it didn't feel Brunswick, much better. You were fine. <laughs> It's yeah, hundred meters away. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I mean, right. That was ridiculous. ridiculous if they thought that that would ever work. I've I mean, got a friend on. who had to deviate. She she didn't go on her normal running plan in mm. because it would a few hundred meters of her run would take her into Maribyrnong <laughs> in the west. Mm. So she didn't go there. But I mean, How the virus doesn't care. All like it does five not days, care. Did it? Mm. How long did that policy last? I think we we did a week or so. I think oh. if you felt if you were in one of the suburbs, that definitely more, didn't yeah. feel like it was more than six or seven months. But but actually, it was more like a week. Oh, yes, yes, I see. Yeah, I was relieved when we were all up the shit again, Mm. universally. Yeah, although it sounds awful to say that. I've been fantasizing about the whole of Australia being in lockdown. I said, at least we don't feel so stigmatized. But yeah, I'm happy for just Melbourne. Like, we put ourselves on this, like, cultural kind of pedestal most of the time that mm. no one else no, the rest of Australia True, definitely we know doesn't how to entertain mm. but we do so I'm happy for us to take it here. yeah exactly right <laughs> don't like, we we do yeah, yeah maybe what do you think about the weather like doing this in winter oh, the is weather, it better exactly. or is it better that we're bunkered down anyway yeah no. and we're bunkered down I would be sad or is if it, it was summer compounding if oh, it yeah. was summer I'd be enjoying more of the block I mean the cold mm. oh. I'm, I react to the cold, so yeah. For uh, me, it's not great. It's been compounding. You mean being cold, Mm. cold and bleary days? Because then I can't go out and do the things. Yeah, I feel depressed. Like I, 
am generally... Well, then you need a light box. My mum has one of those. I'm also vitamin D deficient, so, yeah, I need a light box. (laughs) Um, They're very good. They're for seasonal affective disorder. And she's actually got the most hilarious thing. It's like a tennis visor that she wears while she's reading a book or a newspaper. Is this your mum again? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. The same mum. Oh, the same mum. You wait until you meet her. She's quite lunatic. Anyway, um, yeah, so she has this visor and then it's got the blue light that you need um, to boost your mood. Mm. Yeah, and Mm. the neighbours think she's nuts but wow you need it some people need more than others as well mm. like Layla, you're doing better this time round. is definitely, my observation yeah definitely <laughs> I think the last time round, everything felt a bit alien and a bit foreign and um also I just feel more well practiced and I can I've had a few successes baking things and sourdough bread and mm. also I made sourdough I'm on my way mm-hmm. oh, I've just gosh. got language uh an instrument and maybe some dance moves to an learn instrument. and then I'll feel complete okay well, yeah I'm getting a hang drum oh beautiful yeah that'd be wonderful <laughs> I know they're so meditative the sound yeah. they make as well got about four weeks to receive it and learn play? I have no idea oh yay <laughs> where's it being mailed from I haven't bought it yet. Oh, okay. Good. Australia. I mean, otherwise it might not get here you within get lockdown time. Nine. Oh, it'll be stunning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, learning an instrument's a really good idea, isn't it? Mm. I broke a string and then like bought a new string, bought two new strings and then lost just them, didn't you? Lost, like, and so this like perfectly demonstrates just how crap my mind became. Like I couldn't find them and then I... F- I just couldn't find them, and so I couldn't restring my guitar, and I couldn't keep practicing. And then mm-hmm. that was just like the, there was just it was just a, a nosedive for for like two or three days. Um, and then I did actually have a cold, which you know, then I like isolated myself, and then I kind of tried to spring back and bounce back. But then I found the friggin' strings in my fucking trouser pocket. Oh, like no. it was just I was yep. just so I was just rendered so incompetent so you know and tiny and silly, you know, in that time. Oh. So, so that's sort of I mean. Yeah, yeah, I totally know how to restring. Yeah, no, but I just, well, that's good. I just, all the solutions were like, I denied myself all these solutions. It was totally self-imposed. Mm. Um, the concepts that that came with the situation, mm. you know, it wasn't the situation itself. You know, there's something in that. Mm. I think um, actually, mindset is very important. That's what 100%. we were discussing earlier. Yeah. Um, so I think that the reason that this lockdown number two is different is not because it's massively circumstantially different for me, but it's just that I have made a few breakthroughs and learned some resiliency strategies from lockdown mm. number one. So mm. I feel better equipped to deal with it now. That's great. Mm. That's, That's great. so important. Yeah. It's, it's really a real good. differentiator, isn't it? Mm. Well, I'm sure mm. like... Rio Tinto, they were all feeling a bit glum until some oh, great yeah. leader in the organization walked in and goes, Hey, turn that frown upside down. <laughs> we're going to blow some shit up. Yeah, right. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of focus on the positives of what oh, we can do gosh. here. Mm. And um, we did discuss earlier, didn't we, about um, there were a few things that were coming out from it as well in terms of mindset, just that idea that. Um, 
Yeah, they, you take the rough with the smooth and that, mm. um, yeah. The resilience training style. Yeah, absolutely. And also the, this idea that sitting alone with ourselves sometimes is very beneficial mm. um, and, and allows us to... Difficult. Because so we're so difficult programmed, at the moment. We're so, so programmed to, to go, go, go mm. and be all action. And, you know, so often when people are like, oh, how are you going? Oh, I'm so busy. Mm. Like as though that's as a benchmark a of, you know, being successful. <laughs> Successful when someone says right. that, I always like to say, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a oh pandemic. God, how I hate it when I say it. I'm so bored with myself when I say that. Mm. So what's life like being less busy? Yeah. What do you say when people say, how are you going? I think you said it earlier. If, if you can f- feeling and living and being and all of these things are what mm. makes life. And then busyness that's is just humanity. a bit of a distraction. Really, well, that's, isn't the, it? that's the structure, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's definitely. capitalism. Oh, and that was the um, ancient wisdom of uh, the Blaise Pascal quote, which was that, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit alone in a mm. room with himself. Yeah. Mm. So I think that that was a really good one that and I it, came across. Is that quite beautiful. important to you? Because, um, like, you, the thing you said, you like gained some skills from the first time of yes. just what to expect. Was it, it sounds like for you the, the first lockdown was like a oh, hang on, all of my <laughs> all of the things I do to bring in good energy uh, extroverted to myself feel things. like uh, extroverted and they've been absolutely. denied. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I'm a massive movement extrovert. and people. You were um, told to not move and not people, and mm-hmm. that is actually therein is. Uh, twofold my worst nightmare because since I was little we crossed continents three times lived in x number of different houses yeah yeah always in transit always in airports always in new cities and new cultures and everything and then also I was always the new kid in school so I had to be the Mm. extrovert and Mm. I did dance and was a performer and all those kind of things so Mm, so being told to sit still and being told not to see people (laughs) probably the two worse uh mm. yeah impositions i could mm. possibly have but i think i've changed a little bit maybe mm. and become more comfortable with not being a, an extroverted gypsy mm. maybe amazing <laughs> seem to have can you explain the concept behind the assembling these quotes for this episode because mm. we're all going to like share a little bit so i think we we were kind of um along the lines of mentality and mindset and um what we've been telling ourselves to get us through this time around mm, so your schopenhauer was basically about just remind me quickly oh schopenhauer so i like started watching dark which is like a twisty because i'm never able to immerse in shows and if i don't immerse i just lose yeah. interest and i think oh that was very good but then i don't feel obliged to watch an episode for like three months but this this one was um uh, this series, Dark, starts about like these interconnections between families in a, in a German town. Mm-hmm. Um, they quote Schopenhauer. Um, uh, it's very, you know, it's from the time of like like old white dudes. So man, meaning people, of course, can do what he wills, but he cannot will what he wills. So, so uh, which I took to mean, yes. which I took to mean, you can do whatever you mm. you can do whatever you want to do, whatever your will drives mm-hmm. you to do, but the thing that drives you, you can't change that. So right. you can't you can't just talk yourself into wanting this other thing that's yeah. different to what you want, mm. which for me describe like the stuckness yeah. of how people feel and the closing down of options and losing well free, the worst losing kind liberty. of 
the worst kind of lockdown as well as a lockdown where you're locked down in your own mind and you're unable to have the resilience to change that is even all- if your guitar strings are in your pocket yeah literally. absolutely change is the only constant but um that reminded me of the Rumi quote which is that Yesterday I was clever and I tried to change the world. Today I am wise and I will change myself. So it really starts mm. with us, ourselves. Right. It's the most important yes. step, really. Yes. That was where I related to the Confucian right. quote because it's like you want to change your nation, first change like your family, first change. Yes. If you want to change your family, first change yourself. Yeah. And then even before you change yourself, like set your heart right. Mm-hmm. And that's sort Absolutely. of like your order of priority. Absolutely. And I think it's been a really important time for checking where our intentions and um, where our responsibilities lie within our bubble, within our community, as you were saying. I think it sounds so beautiful that you've had such a strong sense of community in your street, (laughs) Melanie. It's a bit like the block parties that they used to have for D-Day and stuff like that, you know, in the 1950s that we've really lost. Come from hardship. You know, 1940s that we've really lost a sense of because we haven't had, like you say, the the level Mm. of universal adversity Mm. um, that COVID lockdown brings. Mm. So from that can come great things. I also, this is quite funny, I also reread um, a Rilke quote earlier this week and was discussing it with a friend. It's, um, let it all happen to you, the terror and the beauty, no feeling is final. And Mm. we kind of laughed. We were like, yeah, we used to like this quote before 2020 happened. And now it's like, (laughs) smite me, almighty smiter, you know. Um, So... But those kind of things really give us strength and Mm. make us realize. And also for me personally, and I can only really talk about myself in this, is um, knowing that my ancestors and even my close last generation family have endured so much worse, like incalculably worse um, in terms of detention, torture, everything. And I, I just, I almost feel like unworthy of mm. feeling mm. sorry for myself when mm. I think about that kind mm. of thing. So I know everything's relative, but that's a good reality check, I think, yeah. sometimes. The main things that mm. we've had taken away are our um, sort of p- pleasures that come from disposable income, like mm-hmm. which exactly. has been like the We've been able to save money, though. That's good uh, <laughs> for those of us who still have jobs. And again, like I say, I, I feel really feel for the people who have yeah. suffered the most. Well, one thing one thing I noted is that I do it, and then people I talk to do it, and then we catch ourselves and sort of un- unpick that. Is we tend to assume that other people are living life we're living. So you got like you're like front like the work from like home. I'm a, I'm a whatever it's called worker. Uh, essential worker essential worker yeah, do you know what me I mean too. and there's this like frontline thing going on and you're like what frontline like what yeah frontline the home front taking for victory yeah, yeah I mean and it, like in number one like lockdown number one I found myself like going like prioritizing and making time to see these people that mm. I professionally cared for but didn't mm-hmm. personally like care about in the same way as I cared about a handful of people in so my life. So you could see them, but you couldn't see seeing, your nearest and dearest. I was yeah. not seeing them. And that Interesting, just felt so strange and counterintuitive. It's And essentially labor extraction. It's like capitalism yes. sort of saying, like, here you go. Uh, and that's a very weird yes, uh, weird, weird feeling. But, yeah, people yeah. kind of really spazzing out. I saw some, some people of, um, and, and sort of going back to some of these quotes, um, people really freaking out about masks of like just being so feeling so mm. existentially sad about not being able to see people's faces mm. and feeling like it's control mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. really hating the government mm-hmm. for that. And for me, which seems like a totally misplaced idea, but I think 
you got to kind of listen to it and take on people's authentic yes, reactions. absolutely, and acknowledge that definitely. But I liked the um, quote that you put up from Amnesty International, was it today or yesterday, <laughs> Melanie, which is that idea, it's really irrefutable. They're saying that it's not a civil liberties issue because you're trying to protect other people by wearing that mask in the community yeah. at the moment. So mm-hmm. don't make it all about you. But then, totally. the, then yeah. some of those people are like, well, I don't believe the figures. Okay. So right. now we're on now yes. we're on like anti-vaxxer <laughs> turf, we're on chemtrails turf. Um I would say GM, but I mean, I do but doubt look at New York. Yeah. <laughs> so, How could you not believe the figures? Look at the New, New York situation or even look at unreported right. Baghdad and what's There's going a lot on of there. Apparently bodies right? thrown out in the street and not from government <laughs> mismanagement but from covid so mm-hmm. i don't know and the big the big thing to shoot down those theories is like hang on what's what what does the what does the authoritarian power want again mm-hmm. like what do they gain by doing this again like yeah. testing us with chemtrails in the sky and shit like what what's the gain again for that mm-hmm. or um, you know i come to i don't understand the logic of why people would want to do that mm-hmm. this is sort of this vague nefarious control for control's sake but if people aren't getting something out of it, yeah. which basically wealth comes down to wealth accumulation mm-hmm. or some religious culty thing, I just don't get it. And that's where people go to the next step. Well, the lizards from outer space, you can't predict what's in their brain. <laughs> and you're like, well, I guess now at least you've got a coherent thought. Yes. So what's your theory? Do you think it's all a hoax? <laughs> Is that what do you think? I had to write on my friend's post. I was like, look, I I agree it's really sad, so I wanted yes. to empathize with her. Yeah. I agree it's really sad, but also I don't think the numbers are a hoax. Which mm. she didn't say that, but she would have no. to say that to say it's more important than right. the cause. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We actually reflected earlier, though, didn't we, Melanie, about how it's nice that you are focusing more on people's eyes in a way. Uh, I mean, yeah, there are lots yeah. of reasons that masks um, are not good for the deaf still. community. You can. And there are lots of reasons where it's not good. So, for example, for the deaf community that do lip reading. Yeah. Mm. Um, but to be able to focus on someone's eyes, I think, is sometimes mm. quite beautiful. Mm. It takes away all the distraction. And, mm. you know, that saying like the eyes are the window to the, the soul. soul. So yeah. it's like, mm. you know, I see you. Yeah. And the whole namaste, uh, I feel like... Like resonates there so when you say namaste to somebody it's about seeing the the buddha that you have in you you see in the other and mm-hmm. i feel like that's how it is when you can only see someone's eyes mm-hmm. so much nicer real than good eye isn't it yeah and integrity <laughs> smiling yeah, with your eyes so beautiful mm. yeah. yeah it does concentrate hey so it takes away some of the noise of like yeah i didn't know a, no- a nose could be shaped that way <laughs> there's a it's a humbling, compassionate mm. way of greeting someone, mm. eye to eye, yeah. Buddha to Buddha, mm. yeah. soul to soul. The woman I'm talking about on this post did say, like, we would never let this happen if we were being converted to Sharia law, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, maybe we should. I don't know. That's like, two completely is that separate. On, I don't is, know. That on the, is that on the menu? Like, maybe we yeah, should right. think about Maybe we should think about Is this person the, slightly right-wing? <laughs> I've long tormented and caused unique social interactions for customer service staff who are mm-hmm. just trying to do their job and get to the end of their shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time I'd started, like, uh, the first day or two, I would come up and say, they'd be like, hello, what can I get for you? And I'd be like, I'm smiling. You can't see it, but I'm smiling at you. I would just say, and then I would wait because I'm Aww. an idiot mainly. But then they're like, and they're like, I know, I can see in your eyes. 
Oh, that's I'm like, nice. oh, okay, yeah. okay, it's nice. How are you? you know, Usually, you like, can see, you? and a fake yeah. smile you don't have. You know, as an actress, that's right. Fake smile doesn't ah. have the eye smile. Yeah, it just has the, the energy is missing. Startled, the integrity is missing. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a performative. So that is beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Definitely, it is beautiful. Yeah. Mm. So I, I think it's just an adjustment, and I think what's interesting is it took uh, people a long time to adjust mm. in lockdown one to the new way of living or whatever. And then we had a brief kind of coming out of lockdown and loosening of restrictions. And then I think it took people a delayed amount of time to adjust to that as well. And mm-hmm. it was only really a few weeks and then it was back into lockdown. So in a sense, I feel like I never really came out of lockdown. You know, mm-hmm. I still had that lockdown mentality. Yeah, definitely. Da, 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 yeah. Da, da, yeah. You know, like yeah. it just, yeah, it was kind of this all of the same. So but I for wonder, some people, they're feeling some relief, like, oh, my terrible life with my terrible aims that I was trying to achieve <laughs> in the most terrible way, they've all been interrupted. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Goody. I know for like from um, like a story from my workplace where one of, um, so I work for a charity and one of the corporate partners was saying that now is a real time. He's observed with his teams mm. where people are, searching for and questioning purpose yes so they've gone into these careers uh Mm. perhaps with the view to make the world a better place initially but actually they've ended up working for rio tinto yeah or insert you know major engineering or extractive kind of opportunity to reassess but yeah now is causing a well here's a thing that's bigger than me yeah oh my god if this is the end of my days because we don't know Mm. um am i on purpose Mm -hmm. why why am i doing the work that i'm doing Mm -hmm. and who am i anyway and we, we were talking about recently emailing weren't we that that you're the sector that you sort of work in is about changing the way these skilled workers think about rather than being sort of passive ex- executing someone else's ideas mm-hmm. your organization is about helping them reimagine how they conceive of themselves as actually driving the kind of creation of the world in a particular Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Right? So and and this is just one broadly. cohort. Like mm. imagine if everyone had put ethical in in front of their profession. What does that mean? It means that I have a baseline from which I I act. I absolutely Mm -hmm. under no circumstances will compromise Mm. that. And my expectation is that my workplace will support me Mm. to deliver, you know, based on the ethics of my profession. Yeah, That's so interesting. And also just on a more cottage industry kind of level, just how much more enterprising a lot of my friends have Mm, become. I've had to do Zoom ballet online lessons and I've had friends who've done Zoom life You've drawing. totally recreated your business, and, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, and so yeah. many of us have. And, yeah. and the self-same friend who um, did the Zoom life drawing that's been going really well, she's now doing making face masks from beautiful, mm, organic, mm, locally sourced cotton and things like that. So I think that with necessity as a mother of invention and mm, so on, absolutely. there's that kind of more compassionate ingenuity coming out of this. But I wonder if that depends on the kind of person you are because I don't think everybody has that mm. mindset and that's why our conversation about mindset is so important isn't it mm. yeah absolutely because it really is what makes the difference yeah definitely lockdown. but has that changed i mean like 
Has that changed who your customers are? Because now the, oh, the, dance, the yes, demographics absolutely. of people who are able to pay you for yeah. that service, yeah, is, it's different. Before a whole swath of people absolutely could, well, could it's, pay for it, it's now a, lot a lesser swath. So I've made it ten dollars for my mm. dance classes online. I've wow. also made it recorded so I can send it to them later on. Right. Um, and also, you're right. The demographic has changed. So. Friends of mine who always said, oh, ballet's not for me, uh, it's too challenging and so on, know that they can hide behind, they don't have to have their video camera on and they don't mm. have to be in the class. Mm. And they realise that actually it's not too challenging for them. They were just worried about people watching them. So mm. I think that that is, yeah, definitely a factor. Which again, rewarding which is the introvert, isn't it? It's a way. Rewarding your, so your introvert. business yeah. has changed in a way that rewards Absolutely. An and also um, very anti-ageism because mm. I've got all sorts of, ages joining as well and people who and genders as well who thought that maybe ballet wasn't for mm. them maybe didn't want to be extroverted and come to a class but can do that online which is great the age and uh, ages and things important to me because i find myself getting mm. older every day <laughs> right <laughs> where's your portrait behind the curtain <laughs> yeah no it's not looking good it's looking very Grimacing. very yeah. munty very very munty no what's your quote melanie I might uh, read the beginning of it and the end of it and then people can kind of look it up. Whatever you like. So it's called, um, it's almost like a story, mm. but it's not. It's called The Invitation and it's by Aurea Mountain Dreamer. Mm. So it goes like this. It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for and if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. It doesn't interest me what planets are squaring your moon. I want to know if you have touched the centre of your own sorrow, if you have been opened by life's betrayals, or have become shriveled and closed from fear of further pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it or fade it or fix it. I want to know if you can be with joy, mine or your own. If you can dance with wildness and let the ecstasy fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes without cautioning us to be careful, be realistic, remember the limitations of being human. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you can truly like the company you keep in the empty moments. Oh, that's so beautiful. That goes full circle back to yeah, it does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. stunning. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's called the invitation. And where did you find that? Um, actually, at, Chris at Crystal Palace in Byron Bay, and ah. I I took a photo of it. That's what I'm looking at on my that's phone. Beautiful. It's a photograph. It's um, but a friend posted it on their Facebook kind of recently mm. during this COVID period and I thought it sounded familiar mm. and then I remembered. Do you know, actually, it really reminds me of one of my favourite quotes by choreographer Pina Bausch, which is, I'm not interested in how you move, I'm interested in what moves you. Mm. And I think that is so beautiful because coming back to a conversation about authenticity and intention and eyes and body language mm. and all of those things, a dancer who is truly captivating to watch isn't the most flexible or isn't the most classically trained, but is one who just has absolute abundance of belief and love in what they do, mm. I feel. Um, and, yeah, that's just why we chime so much, mm. I think is that we share that belief in life as yeah. well. Yeah, 
And arguably now is a pretty amazing time to not be busy, not be distracted. And and where you can, like I kind of feel like we're talking sometimes in absolutes, like, mm. you know, I'm kind of flat today, and but that's not the way it is every day no. for me. Actually, a lot of the time I have a very um, going to the mindset kind of thing. Like I'm determined to be super positive and yeah. be really productive. And I'm actually excited about lockdown three because I can learn an instrument, I can learn a language. Yeah. And I can take those online salsa classes, mm. which I've That's been wanting to do for over yeah. 10 years. Mm. Exactly. The opportunity um, to actually slow down and do those things. Yeah. Yeah. And so actually in the quietening, there's capacity to reconnect with mm. the kind of emotions that you're talking about, you know, mm. that you've oh, just I, described. I found it an abundantly creative time mm. in many ways. Um, and I, I think for many people, hopefully have realized to do this, if they have that reflective ability, is that the arts are more important in times like these i mean people who say art aren't right. important and so on well what, what are you, you watching you're watching so netflix <laughs> yeah. yeah that's so, right and it just helps us to feel more connected i guess to self and to others mm. and yeah, i've got and friends just, reading whole books know, of poetry yeah. they never would you know? beautiful yeah like, and it's a time of small moments and introspection yeah i mean maybe that's why you're able to adjust out of your sort of extroverted go-to moves because mm. you are you seem so capable of introspection. Some people yeah, really nothing makes sides. you uncomfortable. More mm, uncomfortable mm, right? I have both sides, but my favorite thing is collaboration. Mm. So mm. where I get together with other creative souls and friends and I'm able to create from that. Um, but I have been doing art or collaboration in isolation which has mm. been very interesting with a close friend of mine Patrick who lives over in Bangkok mm. he's been creating dance videographies and overlays with photography and music um, of my dance footage so I think that's been a saving grace as well to be able to have that capacity we're so lucky with mm. technology to be able to do that and to do things like this with technology mm. as well. it is a wonder isn't it yeah we're and really your poetry lucky. nights as well yeah the remote poetry yeah. and yeah. absolutely zoom poetry reading yeah. and so on. If and we actors, didn't have that, I think it would be a lot more difficult. Mm. Actors are coming together and forming groups and doing play reads, so full full play reads. Yeah, wow. Um, on Zoom and stuff? Yeah, via Zoom every week. Yeah, because our audience is gone but we have each other and the plays yeah. are still there and Absolutely. we can still, you know, enjoy the embodiment of these different characters even though mm. no one's watching. Yeah, and, and because it's affecting everyone, some really famous, amazing people are sharing things mm. about their craft and performances. There's a lot of generosity. social Yeah, for art. Mm. Mm. So like the essential workers are still going out and working super hard. And I yes. think like a lot of people working from home are like, oh, I'm in meetings all the time. Like how much actual work am I doing, right? Mm, like it's mm. that, that's got to be very common for a lot of our office folks. And then um, the artists are getting to work as well, mm, exactly. just like they were working for free oh, before. Oh, damn. <laughs> Always. Nice? And we're the ones who raise money in the crisis as well with our yeah, poetry right. readings. And- that's it, that's well, it. Yeah, yeah. who are you going to ask to your fundraiser yeah. to yeah. hock off their wares for free or entertain the troops? Mm. Yeah, artists. But that's right. Mm. But that's the mentality thing. It's the mindset. It's That's the way that we're wired, I suppose, um, with pathos and mm. e- empathy and um, 
I loved your thing you said earlier about how right-wing people aren't funny because they have no empathy and mm. <laughs> all of that Makes kind sense. of thing. It's just, yeah, artists are, are wacky and funny and creative because they have that mm. ability, that empathy as well. So, Do, do you guys mm. know anyone, do you guys know people who really struggle, who can't be on their own, who just can't do it? Me. <laughs> yeah. Layla. Oh, probably. I always have to be distracted okay. um, or immersed in mm-hmm. something that involves people or stories or narratives. So mm. be that a poetry book mm. where I'm reading about other people's experiences mm. or a movie if you can get me to sit long enough or talking to a friend on the phone mm. or dancing to music. I have to be in somewhat uh, entertained and immersed in mm. social activity. Mm. So I'm probably one of those people. Yeah. But I can't... Um, I don't find it difficult to be home alone or anything. Mm, mm. Yeah. Imagine you know, old people must be feeling awfully lonely right now. Old people living on their own. I've thought oh. about that. Oh, you know? I don't know. My dad, like, is this uh, eccentric. He doesn't. He, doesn't live alone, but um, he's uh, a massive introvert and pretty mm. much doesn't leave his place. And he's like, <laughs> uh, social isolation. He's like, I've been yeah. in lockdown for 20 years. Yes. Like, this is just another day in the yeah, life of me. Totally. Yeah, you know, totally. he's like totally ambivalent That's to the whole so thing. Cute. What well, about same, you? Like, Have you met anybody like that? Well, I, I, can, I can sort of, I share like Melanie's dad's vibes yeah. where I'm like, Oh, cool, because I was already, I was poor and disabled and haven't been able to do what I wanted since I was yeah. about in my early 20s. So, yeah, this is cool. I can, I can roll. It's an equalizer. It's an equalizer. Yeah, it is a weird <laughs> flattener or something. But also, yeah, you already leveler. have that resilience, which is great in some ways. Although I still couldn't find those guitar strings. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I keep, keep working on it. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think it comes back down as well, um, and I realized and stopped myself thinking this way when I was all woe is me with the first lockdown, that Pema Chodron book, When Things Fall Apart, Mm, and that wonderful, wonderful thing she wrote, which is that you can choose to make yourself miserable or strong and Mm. the effort is the same. And I just think when I I hear that, I just think, you're right. I could choose to be, oh, I'm an extrovert, so I hate being in lockdown and I miss doing live dance classes. You you tell yourself that story. Or I can choose to be strong and enterprising and um, work it out online dance classes and talk to friends online and get really into my movies and my writing, my reading. Mm. I can choose. That's a choice. That's what I find absurdity very freeing. Mm. Uh, the absurdity of like, oh, don't worry, artists, you were you weren't getting paid before either. Like, <laughs> exactly, it's, it's it's silly and it's stupid. Cosmic and it, joke, yeah, yeah, it could make yeah. you sort of be like feel even worse. But but actually, I find levity, like I find that like dark humor, reorientation, yeah, a bit of gallows humor, <laughs> um, yeah, like just reorientation, very enlivening. Yeah, um, and also to just kind of keep calm and corona on. What yes, other yes, choice do bet. we have? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And what yeah. are we going to do? We're just going to mope? A surprisingly few amount of Australians are like sitting back on actual corona beers. I thought it would be more <laughs> of a that? thing. What's that, get on the beers? Yeah. <laughs> we all got in trouble for getting on the beers, didn't we? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Oh, So when I was living in the UK and doing my undergraduate degree, I used to listen to a program on Radio 4, uh, which was called Desert Island Discs. And the idea is they would ask celebrities, so literary notaries, um, singers, actors, whoever, to come in and give their top 
records that they loved to hear to boost their morale. Mm. And those would be the discs that they would take with them if they were on a desert island on their own. So I thought it was a great time for mm. us to reflect upon the music that lifts our spirits. Or it could be music that uh, makes us feel profoundly something that we need to feel, feel to heal, uh, on a desert island. But this time it's during COVID quarantine. <laughs> so our quarantunes, basically. Love it. And then we've got a special guest. We do. Guest. Um, Pearl, welcome to the Lever podcast. Hello. How are you feeling? Good. Good. You've done all your schoolwork for today, <laughs> yeah? You're like, you're uploaded and sorted. Is yep. that right? Can you angle the mic? Just angle it towards your mouth a bit more. Bam, like that. Nice one. Um, so, yeah, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Do you have, do you have like, if you were stuck on a desert island, what kind of discs and stuff would you need to have with you in order to keep your mood right? You mean music? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like what's Yeah, they disc? don't have discs. Idiot, Gen X, <laughs> <laughs> question. Cassette tape. <laughs> yeah, what, what would you bring? What you songs would you to? need? And to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been um, listening to Say So and Savage Love. Mm-hmm. Say so. Oh, is that the didn't even notice? Yeah. Doja yeah. Cat, yeah. Hey. I All like right. her juicy. Do you like that one as well? <laughs> yeah. Mm. What, you, what else? It's a good singer. Savage Love. Savage Love. Yeah. Brittle. And there's a dance mm. move that goes to that. Do oh, you want to do oh. the dance? No. <laughs> <laughs> it won't translate to radio anyway. It won't, yeah. <laughs> Funny. You just oh, hear the movement of so fabric. Great. Yeah. That's, that's so good. Thank Bye-bye. you, Pearl. Bye. Oh, that's so nice. And so nice that you've had that experience doing TikToks together as well. Yeah, that was a surprise. Mm. Actually, it's a really bonding, joyful mm. um, experience doing a little dance routine with your daughter mm. <laughs> during yeah. lockdown. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Thank you, TikTok. Mm. Thank you, China. Thank you, China. <laughs> giving us all these gifts. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, that's buddy. right. Just make sure it's all incognito. My TikTokers, it's on private. So oh. I see Yeah, that. we're private. Mind you. No, I'm the sure app is collecting all your data. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> it's just, that's not. Yeah, but then at least me dancing in my undies isn't plastered all over to public. But... Oh, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> Funny. Yes, no, um, not worry about that. Yeah. What about your Desert Island disc, though? Do you have some really soulful, beautiful music that you love to crack out when you're feeling a um, bit low? In the mornings, like for me, I really love classical music. So mm. a little bit of um, ABC Classic FM is a bit of a go-to. Um, with Ennio uh, Morricone's passing, I revisited my um, great enthusiasm for some of his epic soundtracks like The Mission, um, which was just is such a moving piece of uh, music. But, you know, I do like all my lockdown computer time with headphones on listening to mm. sort of ambient transcendental house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. I love your playlist. Yeah. They're so so kind of ethnic uplifting house, that kind of style. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I have some that I've really enjoyed. Lately I've got really back into soul and funk. Um, and of the old school. So stuff that's really upbeat but also talks about the highs and lows of life um, such as The Spinners, It's a Shame, um, what was one I was listening to today, I'll Take You There, mm. um, and Nina Simone, lots oh, and lots of Nina amazing. Simone who just mm. is such a heartful singer, Sade, 
And um, yeah, just those really, really soulful, spiritual, uplifting voices. Surely um, that Sade, that Breakthrough Sade mm. album was the result of her spending way too much time in her house by herself. Which one? Oh, the, the big breakthrough Smooth one. Smooth Yeah. Oh, yeah. I reckon. She's just, yeah, she just really talks about the human condition yes. in such a beautiful way and her voice is just like melted chocolate or something. Mm. For it? people who haven't, who Stunning. can't bring a Sade song to mind apart from Smooth Operator, what, what, are, they, what are we missing? Ah, oh, gosh, there are so many. I actually really love her more contemporary album and it had By Your Side and Flow On. My mum used to play that on repeat when I was growing up. And I just love it, especially this whole idea of the rough and the smooth and going with the ebb and flow of the time. I think flow is a beautiful, beautiful song mm. to be listening to right now. But it's, I guess it's just what floats by boat, but it might not float <laughs> other people's. Yeah. Well, that's She's the point, gorgeous. isn't it? Yeah. And for you, Luke, what are um, you listening mm. to? So, I, it, so it really depends. Like if I'm on the island with a guitar – where I can keep going with my mission to mm-hmm. like separate my picking fingers because that then decides like what I'm listening to. So mm-hmm. if I've got a guitar, I would say like make sure I've got a lot of like iron and wine. And I found myself going Beautiful. back to Jose Gonzalez. Like oh, happy. He's got yeah, all he's got all those amazing Stunning. covers that he did early on and then like yeah. later stuff. Um so yeah, I found that really amazing. Um uh, th- then also like I've been listening to some like dance remixes of like Depeche Mode and like Duran mm. Duran, and then um, um, and then a more kind of contemporary version of that same vibe. I just love Tame Impala. Like yeah, Tame Impala them. hit that hit. Oh, I forget what's the album where with Tame Impala. Just, Recently, they've not been so great though, have they? It was that first. Well, album we're missing for ages. No, so I didn't like yeah. their first couple of albums, but then Let they happen, cemented their time. Yeah, Let It Happen album. Yeah, that oh, one. Oh, that one was great. That album is so amazing and really like sums up a lot of what gets me really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a seriously retro sound though, haven't they? Oh yeah, like this old kind of mm-hmm. really like synthy. Mm. Um, kind of way out like you're half in space mm-hmm. um yeah so currents was like their big breakout on where they had it that means this is one guy right this australian dude where he's got his oh his, is it just one dude yeah yeah i oh. think so yeah i could be so wrong about that yeah so currents is like the big one um but then um he's just released a new album which i like fully fully am appreciating I'll have to look it up um the slow rush so yeah i'm i'm enjoying that because his his vibe is that he's not his characters who are narrating all of his songs, mm. it, the character's not that smart, is is very sensitive and reacting to the world around him, but he sort of knows that he's not getting it, so he's very effacing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's very celebratory, even though that makes him feel sad sometimes. So and yeah. th- that just like sums up like, the energy-wise. Well, yeah, and it's sort of it's half in the, in the songs and half in the vibe. And, and just the the feeling of the song with very textural, mm-hmm. like like sort of synthy distortion and mm-hmm. wire effects they that you can just sink right into, like a like a like a mattress that is way too soft. Mm. You know, and you're just like, how am I ever going to get out of here? Yeah. Another one that springs very to transportive. mind. Yeah, uh, when you talk about albums that have transported us in that way into mm. kind of solitude and wilderness is uh, that Bonnie Vare album, Holocene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. And I'm pretty sure he wrote that whole album in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere or yes, something. Yes, yes, yeah. Wisconsin forest So I think sometimes, which relates, goes full circle back to what we were talking about earlier, sometimes for 
creativity um the best thing is isolation mm, that's it that's what yeah. they say so well you need to take yourself yeah. away from day-to-day life and kind of defamiliarize that's right uh and and make because even when you're writing about a day-to-day experience you're in and look at it in a fresh way mm-hmm. that can make people go oh and yeah. have that little shock of um, defamiliarization. So I'm hoping that some wonderful art will come out of this, whether there'll be mm. funding for it or not. <laughs> yeah, completely <laughs> unfunded. Thing. Don't worry. It yeah. always was, everyone. That's what artists always oh do, isn't God. it? Yeah. 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 So are there any other last um, like ideas about little messages that you want to like put out there for people doing lockdown 2.0? I mean, we're coming from um, Melbourne. Like the rest of Australia is not locked down the way Melbourne yeah. is. America's still way worse. England's way yeah. worse. A lot of places. But some places that were bad are no longer that bad. That people like have to become consciously a bit unselfish at the moment. Mm. Um, unless they are struggling mm. at the levels of asylum seekers in detention. Yes. Or um, people who have suffered direct loss from COVID mm. um, or lost a job or something like that. I think we have to kind of just suck it up and keep our spirits high mm. um, as much as we can and be kind and use mm. that that sadness maybe that we have that we've lost out on 2020 or whatever to create more opportunity that idea of paying it forward because Mm. naturally for me anyway and for a lot of people I know when you pay it forward and you help Mm. other people with mutual aid and so on it comes back to you tenfold so I think if you focus your energies on that then you'll be okay I think like yeah whenever I'm suffering going to a place of empathy of like well if I'm suffering then like mm. other people are suffering just like this or yeah. in a different way or in a worse way or all the time whereas I'm just experiencing it now for the first time or exactly something like that so that's a way of like stepping out of your privilege if you're in a privileged yep. place and or just um starting some solidarity with hopefully definitely. what you do next when you have that kind of realization definitely. Right? and and don't think just because your friends can't come over that um, you can't reach out. Mm. Yeah, I think it's Mm. increasingly important. I've said this to all of my friends, you know, Mm. that it's really important that we're there for each other um, Mm. emotionally during this time Mm. and we still call each other and check in on each other and take each other baking cartel items. Because even if you're maxed out on technology, just to have a three-minute, five-minute conversation to check in, even if you don't cover much ground because you're just done with all the tech, that's... That's still really worthwhile. So huh? worthwhile, so good. Yeah. So yeah. Have you noticed Supporting. on your in your like networks like like I've seen like as, like I mentioned the the woman who's really like mm. no mask my showing my face is my right and stuff. Yeah. Um. It, it's like have you noticed because I've noticed a bunch of reactions to her about like mm. you know feel free to defriend me and people being mm. quite like pulling the roller door down cancelling yeah Cancel sort of can, well yeah yeah and and just being like very hard hard-minded and hard-hearted about yeah like for me i'm People so ready to very give. intolerant at the moment it's a heightened time of intolerance yeah. some fight or flight going on here like. yeah definitely i think it's that um human instinct that people have which is of self-preservation and also like we were saying earlier in times of hardship unfortunately some people are more inclined to be selfish yes so yes. yeah and i, I think mm, it's important to keep smiling and to not give too much put too much stock into people who mm. uh, try and drag everyone down like that That's i'd like to think that if i was on the titanic and it had been hit yeah. and was going down that i would be quite calm and helpful i'd like to think so too i don't know 
we'll, and because it already happened and we're here now, yeah. we'll never know. But yeah, I'd we'll like, never know. I, I do think that some of the reactions I've seen, even, and, it, you know, it doesn't matter whether the person's, react, the person's position I agree yeah. with or not because sometimes the people who were like, oh, feel free to de-friendly, I'm going to de-friend you, Ben. Oh, and like, like, like I actually agree, I agree with their position but I just don't agree with their sort of posture well, if you like. and that is um, and we just need a, to be a symptom very forgiving. of our time as well which mm. is that people say things virtually that they would never say to somebody's face uh, like yeah, with the whole true. defriending yes, and stuff like yes. that. You wouldn't slam a door in that person's face so why would you... Mm say that online um, and I think that with increased virtual activity and decreased face-to-face it's important mm. that people remember their humility mm. um, their humanity sorry and it's important that they are yeah human in their conversations just as they would yes. be face-to-face well, I think that's a great Freudian slip because I think humility yeah. does lead to more humanity as it you does. kind of you you step back out of your own subjective space and that's right. and say, well, no matter how strongly I feel my opinion mm. uh, or my experience, that's mm. only one of a bunch, and that sort of mm. like humility is like a key to empathy yeah. and sharing stuff. I, I just want to share too that um like we lost this week uh like a really important independent media progressive uh in oh. in my life and had a couple of great chats with friends I wouldn't know they oh, rang me specifically. So uh, Michael Brooks died. He had a neck um. He yeah. had a blood clot in his neck and he's 36 years Crikey. old. Wasn't COVID related? No, not at all. No. Okay. And, and yeah, so oh, he just suddenly so died. I'm sorry. And he had a thing, like one of his most important ideas and the thing that made him sort of stand out from other kind of progressive independent media voices um, was that we are all in like an, there's like an international solidarity. So, for example, yeah. he was very against cancel culture. He's like, we can't afford to like, are we better off when you cancel that person? Like, are we mm. closer to winning? He wants like progressive ideas, UBIs. Mm. like Lord of the Flies. Purposeful work. Like yeah. from him, it's very spiritual and what we are, there is true solidarity. Mm. Um, Actually, so Lord of the Flies is a good analogy really, isn't it? It is in yeah. terms of the different, like like the way a crisis, crisis brings yeah. out and unmasks Absolutely. social hierarchies that were yeah. there before in their day-to-day school but life, those little kids. devil's advocate here, but um, do you feel that, Part of this has to do with poor leadership because you look at Jacinda and how she dealt with it. I'm not saying mm, Aotearoa mm. people are any different really fundamentally, mm, mm, mm. but the community aspect of, I mean, the fact that they granted asylum to Bushani just today, yes. the community aspect and public empathy in New Zealand mm. generally tends to be at a higher level than over here. Yes. Do you feel that that is to do with a political climate that lacks empathy? Mm, I think um, that's interesting because I, I know we've 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 touched on it before, and, yes. and I, I I think yes, I've been thinking about it. Like I'm not a Dan Andrews fan, mm. but I think some of the flack he's copying is definitely like just scapegoating. Mm, mm. And he and but then he he hasn't. I'm a bit suspicious that he hasn't come down and like heap shit on like like the whole second wave thing is about yes. is about like security firm people who mm. apparently didn't get training. Like having sex with some of the people mm-hmm. in quarantine lately, <laughs> and I love the first report of okay. that was that they were sharing a cigarette. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, right." <laughs> we all know what sharing cigarettes leads to. Right? Exactly, that's very funny. I mean, that's culturally very funny. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm not, I'm, I'm a. But I I'm, mean, at the highest level, that Scomo didn't react in the same way that Jacinda was. Yeah, which was no. literally, mm. we are all in this together, and let's do a hard lockdown. Well, all know? of the countries, all of the countries in, from China to all the other affected countries tried to minimise it to start and mm. didn't take the steps that would actually minimise rather it. than elimination. The image of, yeah, yeah. So, and then because they all did it, it was sort of a bit of like race to the bottom, like we're not pointing the finger right, because yeah. everyone was equally shit yeah. except then like New Zealanders 
you know, there's, there's, and also, I mean, it's amazing how we in the media there haven't been many stories of where where whole countries have eradicated it. Mm. So like, it hasn't been there very yeah, much, right? No, like it's that's pretty much the only place in the world, right? New Zealand. But I think, um, no, I think there's like Sing- Singapore, um, oh, South Korea. Like there yeah. are some places that have been very, very successful. But they've been almost. I mean, more Italy now is highly successful. Good, yeah. Well, right. they've I mean, kind after of an... got lost, got rid of all the elders. <laughs> oh, well, oh my god. You know. Yeah. So, but you know, I think like in terms of like what's what like what's the proper place to. Mm. What's the proper place to like hold leaders accountable? Mm. I think what leaders do, like, I don't think in the moment it's really as attributable as what their general mm. position is, like, because I think leaders model and allow. So leaders will say, be very lax on things and it lets people walk around day to day and just go, well, yeah, I had ScoMo yes. saying this, so I'm going to say this. So it's like modeling. Yeah. There's like important modeling and, and um, permission going on. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but I mean, it's very hard for me to speak on. Like Jacinda, like as a Melbourne person, like yeah. we all wish that Jacinda, we all have massive like PM FOMO. And I, I think, yeah, and I think her rhetoric from the start in all of these crises, and they've been multiple really when you think mm. about the Christchurch shootings as well, she's not um, perfect. She certainly probably hasn't done enough for the Indigenous community there. I have Māori friends who... Um, could personally say that, but mm. her attitude has always been we're all in this together mm. and her actions speak for that as well. Yeah. She's very, very decisive and brings everybody to the mm. table to make decisions. So her empathy is high, yeah. yeah she em- is, empathic, she's a, inclusive, yeah. strong. So is it true that ScoMo was getting lessons in empathy, empathy training or whatever? I heard that. Oh God, after the bushfire. Yeah, the I think so. Yeah, oh so, my God, I hope so. But do you see but what I mean? why would you choose now? Why then you... I, I feel that maybe not so much the climate that they've created is that everybody is going to attack each other or all the flies or whatever, but because of the situation we've got now and the lack of empathetic leadership mm. could be why this kind mm. of slandering matches are going on. Well, in America, it's like 140,000 people dead, right? And, and they're having – so I read – I mean – no, I joked before about like Rio Tinto going, "Hey everyone, let's like turn our frown upside down." Like, <laughs> like a whole bunch of people oh, are walking gosh. in to 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 try and make hay in the crisis. To yep. take you know, mum's advice, like don't let a good crisis yeah. go to waste. Never you waste know, a crisis. Never waste a crisis. So yeah, so I mean, they they're trying to that the predictable kind of right wing forces are trying to snap back, even while we're still in a pandemic. So we got this big mm. problem, like Sydney's. Sydney's viral port's a few weeks away from where Melbourne is now, mm. which is to say not good. I would um, say, yeah. And we're still, you know, we've had these budgetary changes to um, like welfare support because we'd want to encourage people to go into jobs, to go into work. So prioritising work and punishing right. people for sort of sitting on the status quo, like mm. it's not the time for that. Like no. if, even if that was ever, I mean, for me, that's never really appropriate. No. But, but um, like once you've got like unemployment rate of 5%, mm. that's about the level like those people can't go to work. Like, oh, the, the, gosh, sorry, yeah. there's not there's not truth behind that dull bludgeon. No, for no, me. at the best of times. But now it's like it's objectively inappropriate. And like yeah. in America, like I had to check the figures when when they're like they're debating like new legislation, and they're like they're, not only are they gonna not roll out any more direct payments to people yes. just to purely stimulate the economy, not because they feel like nice mm. guys, 
but they're going to actually cut into the welfare that's currently there, which is already minuscule oh, in America. So they're going to cut into it more specifically yeah. to encourage people back into the workforce. Now they're having like mm. between 65 and 70,000 so cases a day. it's economy over everything, of course. It's New cases a day, 65, yeah, 70,000 a day that's new. That's horrendous, isn't it? Like, like that but is aren't you so worried that we're following that path? Because I am. Yeah, but we just try as we might, we'll never be able to pull it off at scale. <laughs> Thank mm. God. I feel like like that's the thing, like the, the, day, to, the day in, day out leadership, there is yeah. still a modicum of fairness, even yeah. though it gets butchered and lost amongst a whole other stuff. We're not, we're not there. Like Australians don't deserve Jacinda. Oh. We don't. Not as a group. We, we let stuff pass by. We let small groups get mm. totally effed over and penalised, don't you think? Well, yeah, but like I say, is that because of the climate, the political climate, the leadership, mm. you know? Well, I think I every know. time Labor because caves John on Key an issue. Because John was horrendous. And right. John, you know, in yeah. uh, National. Yes. And he was We always horrendous. get this political kind of snapback, right? That's why Obama mm. only had two years to do his That's agenda. right. Yeah. So don't go thinking all New Zealand is lovely or anything because those yes. redneck farmers are That's what nice. I mean. I can't assess because I've, I've got the, the PM FOMO. But because she she's, has this radical empathetic stance and she says this is what our country is invested in, yeah. then that lays it out for everyone. In, in a way. Area. I mean, it's not like her policy is so amazing and going to be curative. It's no. that she passes... A, a basic decency bar. Mm, exactly. And, and that only stands Since out because Since when did caring these, about people become radical? You know? Right, because there's these psychopathic so, like, men in office around the rest mm. of the world from like Ugadan mm. to Trump to Morrison it's just so being sad. like really struggling with basic yeah. human like performance. That's right. So it elevates. I mean, it's like, and I mean like Trump gave a press conference a few days ago that was that was for the first time saying, I would wear a mask, you know, and finally making some moves because he's tanking in the polls so hard. And it's it's like people want to celebrate that, but it's only yeah. because he's lowered the bar. So so you know, this reminds yes. me of like one of like my client, um like one of my main clients. He's he wants praise when he's not terrible, but he sets the bar oh, very low. He sets yeah, the bar yeah. very very low and I'm like, oh. "Whoa, whoa." And I like had to sit him down a couple of times and be like, "Don't stand around don't stand around waiting for your trophy, brother. Like mm. you're not getting the trophy because you're not doing the worst thing you possibly exactly, could do. Exactly, that's right. Yeah. But I do think that Jacinda, yeah, she speaks for common decency, but it's become a scarcity. Yes, so, yes. yeah, it's sad to say, isn't it, really? Mm. I mm. feel like we need to end this on a more hopeful note, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> we do. <laughs> sort of ended up on. Well, I was going to say with I Michael Brooks passing, which in itself is very yes. sad, um, that he's – he he is always against actions where we end up sort of cutting each other off and yeah. slicing down. Like we do yeah. need to be able to Dividing. not just tolerate, but really overtly empathize and practice mm. radical love. And yeah. like this is like that, you know, in in the left and in progressive society, like progressive movements, yeah. the, the spirit, spirituality often doesn't have a home. That's yes. easily talked about. Yes. It's, um, and and I think like left spirituality. Um, of whatever kind actually helps people say, well, you know what, I really disagree with that position, mm. but I'm not throwing you out with that position. And, and it doesn't have to in be. In the end, we will have to unite. Or a church or whatever. Oh, in fact, it shouldn't be. It never is. Universes <laughs> yeah. And it's a whole range of stuff, right? Yeah. If you're going to practice that basic, like solidarity mm. is empathy. Yeah, fundamentally so absolutely. if you're on the left that's that's where you need to be yes. and and the kind of the the but you know his thing is um so so obviously had all these people talking about him and mm. what he and the thing that stuck with me about what he offered was that um 
he argued for this like radical compassion um, on the left and the right between, Mm -hmm. you know, from the left to the left, from the left to the right, Mm -hmm. radical compassion for the people because Mm -hmm. you want them to change their minds and join you. Absolutely. That is what you want. Otherwise, you're not trying to win and what are you trying to do? Yes. But then you go hard and you fight and you destroy the systems yeah, of oppression. Absolutely. So the systems that are built Rather up, you fight hard. those individuals. Yes, but you, you, you want the individuals with you. Mm. So I think that's very um I think the more you can read as well, and, and particularly hopeful. during the lockdown, I really recommend the more you can read of diverse perspectives, the better. Mm, 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 um, so, for example, I read it a couple of years ago, but it's really relevant to what you're saying. There's that book, Hillbilly Elegy, oh, because right. everybody when Trump got – elected and especially in New Zealand where we're very uh, lovey-dovey or whatever mm. in comparison was like, oh, how could that happen? How could people be so stupid? Da, da, da. But then you read a book like Hillbilly Elegy, which was written by a man who the only reason he didn't vote Trump was because he was able to leave his small town and get an education through the Navy. Mm. If he had stayed as a shelf packer in country nowhere, uh, surrounded by hicks, but also, you know, at the level of disadvantage Mm. that um, white young males were in his town, then he would have been a reactive Trump voter. Mm, mm, But he says it's really important that people practice this radical empathy to be able to understand how mm. things like fascism and how, um, yeah, how racism and all of these things can Mm. even come into being is that we understand the root causes mm, and that actually those people mm, are hard done by as mm, well, so they attack other people who are just a rung below them or whatever. Well, one thing I yeah. love about some of the independent progressive media that I watch, and I'm thinking of things like uh, the Majority Report with Sam Cedar, the Michael Brooks Show, obviously, mm. um, uh, the Young Turks. Yeah. They 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 talk to people. They they let people call in and talk to people who don't agree with them, or they go and do vox pops on yeah, the street. Diverse and, perspectives, and they've got this track record of of like de-radicalizing alienated young men mainly right. who form the right wing and form this kind of new yeah. right radical but not through forceful shutting them down through listening through, through empathy listening but empathy. also like here's the fact about like going hard at the system but forgiving and welcoming the person exactly and uh yeah that that's a real hopeful thing to do that's when you're a surrounded great by a lot thing of to bullshit. end on this is what we need going like those, hard at the system not the individuals we need it yeah. you know we need to denaturalize the Rio Tinto managers yeah, from their from definitely. their class and encourage definitely. them to become class traders and join us and go hard at the system and the institution yep. and then bring the people, um, you know, wedge mm. wedge them from their kind of everyday mode and mm-hmm. and eventually sort of bring them over to a more kind of compassionate right. way of uh, living. Because if they could just empathize with what's being lost in those explosions, then they wouldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They couldn't. Exactly. And it's not as if they're automatons. They are humans. I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure in some way. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us and bringing your amazing vitality to this podcast. Thank you. It's been wonderful. And I really look forward to hear what it ends up being. Wonderful. And we'll see. We're either going to – I'm going to record something now. This is like Melanie had to go off for a work meeting or I will delete this little moment and Melanie will, of course, come back and do her farewell and we might just like sub her in on some of these like responses, which we can do, which the marvel of, um, you know, free editing software on your computer. That's right. 
Thank you, everyone. Take care of each other out there. And um, it's been fantastic. I've been so lucky to talk to Layla and Melanie. Um, and also always on the lever, the thing I love most is that the people who agree to come in on the show end up saying things to each other that I could never possibly plan. And so the greatness of the show is always what the people who come in have to offer, which, uh, you know, I consider myself so fortunate. So thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Take care out there. So now it's time to like and subscribe to the Lever podcast. Go over to YouTube and check for dissatisfunctional.com. Uh, spelt just the way it sounds. This is the perfect time to share the stuff that you like with your friends. So if you've liked the conversation today, then please leave us a review in the Apple Store. Do have a Patreon. You can chuck something in the tip jar for $2 and you'll get special unreleased B-sides. But no one's got a job. How are you going to pay for that? You just have a listen. You enjoy it and tune in for next time. The intro track you're listening to is by Neil Lawrence, who's done a great remix of the bullshit song I made on GarageBand. So thanks very much, Neil, if you're listening out there, talented man. And if you're new, go and check out the previous episodes. You'll definitely find something that speaks to you. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in. See you again.